welcome to Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast and the world's premier kitchen for horror sandwiches. And what are horror sandwiches, I hear you ask? Well, it's a delicious movie filling surrounded by two slices of chatty, chatty goodness. My name's Mark, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Oh, it's uh, it's, it's good to be back, and it's good to be back into the ears of the listeners. Uh, yeah, new, new Year, new me. New Year, new you. Have you? Uh, oh, we'll get to some resolutions, I suppose. But uh, let's. Yeah, I'm, I'm only watching romantic comedies from now on. Oh, lovely. Uh, mm, that's going to make this podcast difficult, uh, unless you just Harry. twist the narrative <laughs> of everything you watch. I suppose. Um, yeah, that could, that could no, work. I'm, I'm going exclusively for saccharin. And <laughs> that, yeah, that's what we're, that's what we're doing now. <laughs> lovely. <laughs> Well, this week we are joined by a guest. Well, the first week back, we're joined by a guest. We have uh, Katie from That Horror Chick. Is it a blog? It's a blog, isn't it? It's a blog, yeah. A I blog. already do too many side podcasts to do another podcast. So it's a blog. You just sit and read it and, you know, yeah. what what blogs do you? <laughs> no, I mean, I was reading through it. I read through your um, influencer one today and uh, the exorcist one and there was something else um oh well the would... wonderful knife one so uh, actually the, the three most recent ones yeah i'll be putting up night swims either tonight or tomorrow i watched it at the weekend so oh, I, I for that one i saw that one last night um yeah um, yeah I mean, it was it was fine. <laughs> I'd be curious to read what you always say about. We won't ruin it for people here because you know there might be people out there excited to see Night Swim. I was excited to see Night Swim. I'm not putting people off it. So go go I, ahead I've and go see Night Swim. Just is, is it on your list? <laughs> no, I mean everything's on on my list. It's it's awful. Honestly, like it's, it's the eighth of January that I'm recording now, and I must have watched like. 30 films in the last 10 days or so from just trying to catch up on all the stuff that I missed in 2023. Wow. Yeah. That's I, impressive stuff. Oh, it's, it's been really, really fun because it, I, I, I end up watching a lot of crap because most of... <laughs> right, and that's horror. kind of what the cinemas show now, isn't it? You know, multiplexes show crap, <laughs> by and large. Uh, you know, some good stuff too, obviously, but... So I've just been catching up on all the stuff that was like, uh, how how did I miss this? And then, you know, I'm in a small five-screen cinema that just doesn't have the capacity to show most of these things. Have you so. guys managed to see Poor Things yet? Or are you waiting for No, these? like the... Uh, so Audion are doing a limitless screening of this on Wednesday. And, and my local cinema is so small, they're not even doing that. Wow. So I, <laughs> I have to wait until, uh, I think, Probably Saturday because uh, Friday is the only day I can get to see Boy in the Heron. For the oh, same we're seeing reason. Boy in the Heron tomorrow, but we saw the Poor Things uh, last year at the film festival, and it's fantastic. So I hope you guys enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Yorgos Lanthimos is like one of my my absolute boys. I I, I love him as a filmmaker. So you will love there is it, no then. chance that I'll be missing that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's on on Friday at my cinema, so. Uh... Yeah, we're not getting a limitless one either. Oh, that's annoying. Um, but yes, um, well, that sort of, well, not really, but it sort of leads me into um, 
<laughs> this year's movie challenge. Because, um, as you know, last year, listeners, I, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch 100 films I've never seen before. So I sort of, well, I smashed it, really. Um, with what did, what did you finish up with? Well, I, I registered it at 300 films I'd never seen before. I watched more than 300, but I started doing rewatches and stuff. Um, so, yeah, but this year I, um, well... I'm allowing chat GPT to decide my films. I don't know why I'm Ooh. doing this. Um, I sort of, well, I, well, I can tell you the, the full story. I was, I was watching a TikTok of a man talking to a chat GPT and I was like, I want to talk to one of those things and find out what it's got to say about life. Um, so I downloaded one, but it wasn't the same sort of thing. And I said to it, uh, suggest a weird movie for me. And uh, I ended up watching The Neon Demon. Oh, I love that film. Yeah. So um, I was like, I sort of went back in like it was a friend who went, oh, I quite enjoyed The Neon Demon. What else, <laughs> what else you got for me? And it was like, oh, if you like weird stuff, why don't you watch Melancholia? And I'm like, all right, I'll give that a go. Um, oh, another great choice. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, we did that. And then it was... I was like, all right. I think I, I think this is a this is a thing that's going to happen. So then it what made me watch Sin I don't even Synectic in New York. I was gonna ask if it if it put you onto that one. Oh, that is that is a weird film. I you have to either really love his style or you're just not gonna get it. Like I've watched it with, with some people who are like, That was amazing and some people who are like, This is terrible, why do you like this? So <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, this film is watch this year's film challenge is watching 100 movies recommended to me by ChatGPT. <laughs> um, I, I I asked it to not be quite as weird this time, so it's offered me Manchester by the Sea. So that's next. Oh, oh that's oh, get the tissues ready. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, so yeah, that, there's that. Um, so, yeah, th- this year this year's challenge. I'm using AI to. Well, so far, so far, it's knocked every single one out of the park. So, um, that's good. Yeah, stuff. I failed my film challenge at the first hurdle last year. Spectacularly badly. I don't remember what yours was. It was to watch the Friday the Thirteenth movie on every Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> and you didn't. Was there one? Was there a Thursday the Thirteenth? There, there were two one? Friday the Thirteenth. Oh. Uh, on the first one, I got about 10 minutes into Friday the 13th Part 2 and fell asleep. Oh, wow. That's uh, un- unlucky, then, then I guess. <laughs> that, yeah, then we, we saved the next one to cover it for the podcast for the next Friday the 13th. Yeah, which and came out. This year, we've only got one. And, uh, and that falls in September, so we're going to cover it uh, Freddy versus Jason for the September sleepover. <laughs> Do you guys get in pyjamas? Yeah, yeah, we, we do. We get very comfortable, very cozy. <laughs> Spin okay. them all. Yeah, it's good fun. We're just the two of you, <laughs> of course. Uh, sometimes, sometimes we, we've I think we've had guests, haven't we, for uh, for Freddie? We have had a guest, yes, yeah. So we, yeah, we had Alistair, uh, not Alistair. We had Peter last year, didn't we? We did have Peter last year, and the year before that, we had Matthew came for Nightmare, and Alistair came for Nightmare Two to give us his. Um, well, 
a, the, the queer view that we that we that we couldn't provide for it, and it was actually a really great episode, wasn't it? Um, anyway, oh, we're really uh, we're really going yeah, diverting, of course. Yeah, I'll, I'll save my film challenge for uh, for a future slice of bread. Yeah. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah. No, because I've got loads more stuff I could talk about, but if I do, we won't get into these lovely questions. And, um, you know, it's time for us to scoop out the inside of Katie's brain and find out uh, <laughs> uh, horrid, horrid questioning answer things. I don't know. It's questions and answers. There you go. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> First slice Imagining you doing it with like one of those old-timey ice cream scoops. Or a melon baller. Yeah, one of those uh, type jobbies. Yeah. Lovely brain balls. <laughs> there you go. That's that's title of a lovely new horror film, Lovely Brain Balls. Lovely Brain Balls, yeah. Um, right, well, okay, let's get into it then. So we might as well throw the first two together. So um, what is the first horror movie you can remember seeing? And then when did you become a horror fan? Well, I... Does Casper count as a horror? Because if not, <laughs> then it's probably either The Sixth Sense or Blair Witch Project. Because they both came out in 99. And this is going to age me, but in 99, I was 10. And I think I saw The Sixth Sense the first time when I was 10 or 11. Um, and same with Blair Witch. I definitely saw Blair Witch when I was 11. So I guess they were some of the first that I watched. Um, but becoming a horror fan definitely came with the amazing point horror books and goosebumps which i read as a young person like kind of end of primary school beginning of secondary school and then also the show are you afraid of the dark which i don't know if either of you guys know but it's mm -hmm. such an amazing old-timey horror show for young people and you can actually get the box set dvd on amazon so if you haven't seen it <laughs> If you're you're a young horror fan, highly recommend. I think that's when I realised that I was a little bit different to some of my friends. <laughs> um, and yeah, it snowballed from there. I reckon with you being that age, uh, that that also puts you in the age frame where you're allowed to count Casper as a horror film too. Okay, that's fine then. Because I think it Casper was one of the first films I saw um, at the cinema. So I think that's probably... Yeah, one of the, that would be like, quote unquote, the first horror film. Point horror series, especially, like I had every single one. There was a babysitter series, which was like this kind of Halloween style slasher thing where she was babysitting and, you know, horror happens. And then there was the fairground series where it all happened in like a fairground. And they, those books, I still have some of them now and I still go back and like have a little have like a one day sit down and read one of them because they're really quick obviously they're like teenage books and oh my god they're still scary <laughs> i don't know how they managed to like get these on the shelves did you move on to uh to darren shan from there i think i actually kind of support like kind of went around darren shan because i know darren shan now um but i think i just jumped straight into like actual horror from there like into either horror movies or Stephen King kind of thing. I just I kind of went around the, the older books and just straight into the adult books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I needed a, a bit more of a gentle... Uh, a, a reset and a gentle reintroduction at that age. I was... <laughs> well, are you certainly not the first person to have mentioned um, 
Are You Afraid of the Dark as 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 being a sort of gateway into horror movies. Um, <laughs> uh, it was really good. That's, it was so yeah, good. It was. Yeah. yeah. It was. There's um there's a Netflix series called Creeped Out, which is actually um in a similar vein, which is actually really quite good. Um yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Obviously it's for sort of kids, but um, you know, it's in a similar vein and yeah, pretty good. Um did either of you watch the new Goosebumps series? I didn't, but I heard it was okay. But I haven't oh, checked it out. It's on my catch up list. Yeah. On Disney. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I started watching it. I, I'm sort of a bit of a sucker for Justin Long, so I'll watch him in anything, really. Oh, he was in um, It's a Wonderful Knife. So he was. If you, he was, <laughs> if you haven't yeah. seen that yet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the end, I think I added that to my top five horrors of the year just because I just really sort of enjoyed the romp of it. Um, it wasn't great, but then I think we had we didn't have a great year for it. Um, anyway. True. Yeah, so let's ask another question then. Um, oh, so what is the scariest horror movie? Okay, so <laughs> mine's a bit strange because I have a phobia. So for a lot of people, this isn't as this, as scary as I find it. But because of my very specific phobia, this terrifies me, and I'm never watching it again. And that is um, the birds. So I'm a bird phobic person and I just, that film is absolutely terrifying. Even like thinking about the time that I watched it, I'm like a bit scared that a bird is going to like come through my window. <laughs> it's so Which terrifying. Which came first with that? The, the film or the phobia? The phobia. So I kind right. of was already a little bit, when I was a child, a little bit scared of birds. Um, and then we watched it in actually a music class at school in I think you're nine-ish so I guess I was about 13 and I had to literally be escorted from the room <laughs> I had a panic attack and like my cousin who was in the class with me like had to like usher me out into the corridor <laughs> it was absolutely humiliating but I was like okay yeah that's that's terrifying let's not do that and because i'd never really been scared by a film before like i'd liked i liked horror but i'd the horror i'd seen i'd either been like found quite funny which is i know something a bit weird but horror films understand that or i'd be like oh this is creepy but i never like was lying awake at night this literally like terrified me so yeah not not a big fan of the birds <laughs> that's my scariest horror Oh, well, you know, well, that's it, though, isn't it? You know, it's whatever it actually scares you. Um, I hardly think there's anything against being scared of an Alfred Hitchcock movie. It's not exactly... <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> He's not there to make you feel comfortable. Um, so, you know what? I think I don't think I've ever seen The Birds. Um, I'm going to have to get that on my list. So what is your favourite horror franchise? Oh, my favourite horror franchise is, I'm so basic, is Saw. Um, Saw 1 is just one of the greatest horrors of all time, in my opinion. I'm a massive gore whore. Um, <laughs> I, like, I just love every single one of those movies. I've done on my blog, I've done a rundown of, um, like, them in order. But also, my friend Paul and I have a podcast that we did called we seesaw where we watched all of them in order 
and kind of just talked about them and rated them and talked about the best deaths and the best traps and everything. So yeah, that's my favourite overall franchise, even though it's pretty basic to, to say that and I'm not like choosing something really wild. Um, I always love it. It has a special place in my heart. And Saw X last year, even though it was like the greatest Saw movie, it's still, I still, as soon as I heard that music, the Saw music, I got this like little tingle and I was like, oh my God, it's back. <laughs> well, I think it's two years nearly in the making now that I've been berating Saw movies. So I think I'll, uh, <laughs> I think, I, I think I'll stay clear of saying yet again that I'm not a big fan, but, um, I have a follow-up question, though, oh, so uh, because I, I remembered uh, that they re- they released Saw 3D, didn't they not? Well, it was probably yeah. like 10 years ago now. The final chapter was 3D. 3D. Um, I think we did. Um, I think, so that was the, the second one that I saw with my friend Paul. And I think we did, but I, then I think we saw it twice. Or at least I saw it twice. I saw it once in 3D and then once not in 3D. Um, but yeah, I think I did originally. But I hate yeah, 3D. I really just, it's not ever a fun experience, in my opinion. I, I do too, <laughs> generally. But I, re- I remember that there was there was Saw 3D and Jackass 3D came out around the same time. I think within like a couple of weeks of each other. Mm. And I remember like uh, see, you know, seeing the trailers and stuff and thinking, finally, like this is what 3D should be for. <laughs> like, the saw, you know, like big, when he, yeah, yeah big he grows pop the out saw. penises hitting blokes in the face and uh, <laughs> and then gore splattering at the screen. Yeah, there's a bit where he throws the saw at the end, and if you're not watching it in 3D, it looks so dumb. Like it, it looks like obviously they've made it to to be 3D. I'm like, oh, that looks stupid, but a lot of it looks stupid in the saw, so I'm not mad at it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> The third Friday the 13th, I think, was in 3D. So there's quite a lot of kills in it where it's like, oh, that was supposed to be in 3D and it now it looks shit. Um, <laughs> but you could probably tell, can't you, around the time where 3D... Yeah, it was uh, like the gimmick. That There's just a proliferation of, you know, threequels. Because <laughs> it, yeah, it's Jaws just so 3. easy to market, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think Jaws 3 was in 3D. Um Oh, there was Piranha 3 Double D. Oh, Double D. Oh, I see what they did there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good stuff. That's, that's yeah, even even less subtle than Saw on that one, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Right, Not subtle at all. Well, I'm going to try and be... No, you see, I was going to try and do like a really good um, segue... But the fact that I've said that I was going to do it and then couldn't do it. <laughs> um, well, since Saw is famous for its kills, what is the best kill from a horror movie? God. Um, I'm not going to go with the Saw kill. They are Some of them are really good, but I'm going to go with a Final Destination kill. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, talking about franchises... Final Destination is up there with some of my favourite franchises. It is super gory. It's super silly. Um, and it was when I was a you know kind of slightly older teenager they started coming out. Um, so I've seen that one time me, me and my friend we watched all all of them in one day. <laughs> it was a long day. Um, and and any of you that know the series know that well hopefully you agree that Finder Station Two is the best for kills. And there's a great one where 
a guy is standing in a field and some barbed wire kind of flies at him and slices him into three pieces. Oh, yeah. And then he yeah. like his body like slides off. And oh man, that is one of the absolute funniest, goriest, best kills in the whole fine destination. So that's my number one kill, even though there's a myriad of choices. I'm going with that. Wow, that is a really, really great one. Um it's like Somebody, somebody in that enjoyed Japanese anime and just wanted to do, <laughs> just wanted to do a kill like that. And it's like, oh, let's do a thing where he doesn't know he's been killed and then have him fall into three bits. Yeah, okay, that's <laughs> the light. Yeah. Um. Oh, lovely. And I like the Final Destination movies too. I think at least with the Final Destination movies, you were at least very guaranteed to have like a really good opening scene you know yes absolutely the log scene in the second one is especially great yeah yeah i don't think any of them are particularly bad i think those opening scenes i can't think of one that really sucks i think probably actually the worst one is maybe the airplane in the first one um yeah i mean it's kind of iconic because of yeah yeah because of it being the first one i think it's or maybe that's the fairground or three. I think that's probably the the weakest. But you're right; they're all really great opening scenes. Yeah. So at least you've got that. If you go in and watch a Final Destination, you can watch those and you can go, ah, well, you know, even if it sucks, at least I got that that cool bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, um, have you seen the film Ghost Ship? I, I haven't, but I do know what you're what you're talking okay, about. Okay. Yeah, because the opening scene of that is also like a barbed wire style. <laughs> death scene yeah Yeah. so that's also another great great myriad of deaths (laughs) (laughs) um right let's see so oh oh well while we're at it let's do standout effects then hey this was a difficult one for me but i'm gonna go with i'm gonna have two because they're by the same director so i think that's allowed (laughs) and it's raw slash titan and i think that's because they're both like body horror and especially Tatana is obviously more fresh in my head. Um, but the way that she does body horror is just so realistic that it really gives you these kind of like, oh God, I can kind of almost feel those stitches in my head. Or like, you know, in Raw, I don't know, hopefully you've seen at least one of these movies, but <laughs> when they're like eating flesh, you're like, oh, I can almost like feel like or feel like what it would be to eat human flesh. Like, from the effects so yeah i think they're both like amazing body horror effects matthew have you seen those or no they are both firmly (gasps) on my list oh Uh, please do and let me know as soon as you see (laughs) yeah yeah i it's I on it probably has been the film at the top of my list, and I've no excuse for why I've not watched it. Uh, Titan Nights. Uh, yeah. yeah. I I got a, a big hard drive uh, about a couple of years ago when I moved house, and I had to uh, get rid of my DVD collection because there was nowhere to put it. Uh, so I got this hard drive to rip all my DVDs onto, and, and one of the first films that I. I uh, you know, I bought online for it what was Titan and it, it has just been sat there since uh, oh because God. it was the one that I wanted to watch the most then. It's really, so. really amazing. I think it was Mark Hermode, I could be wrong on this, who said 
there is life before you see to tan and there is life after you see to tan. <laughs> yeah, he, he was very much the reason why like he he was the one who drew my attention to it. Yeah, it as with really so great. many films, but uh, yeah, I, I owe you an apology, and and well, 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 we'll have to do an episode on it at some point. That's <laughs> really great. Yeah. That's that's the the surefire way to get me to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll you know if you enjoy yourself, we'll bring you back another day, and you can talk to us. Your pressure. Yeah, I've got to talk to us about that. Um, well, it's it's up to you whether you enjoy yourself or not. Um, it, this podcast is the same sort of whatever, really. I think you know that's what someone enjoys it. I don't know. Um, let's see what have we got left. Um, we'll do worst and favorite for the second slides. So, I think what we've got left is a movie that needs a sequel or movies that need to stop making sequels. Okay, if you've listened to any episode of One Good Thing, if you've heard the Exorcist Believer episode, oh man, the Exorcist needs to stop making sequels. Like, in fact, it just needs to be no more exorcism films ever. Like, they're just not good anymore. The last time it was good was Exorcist 3. <laughs> like, it was like a long time ago. Um, I don't know if you guys saw Believer, but mm, it was yeah, bad. Yeah, it was yeah. a bad movie. And they're making two more, and uh, I just don't. Well, they're at least making one more, which is going to be Deceiver, I think. Um, right. But they just don't need to make any more Exorcism movies. Just if you need an Exorcist movie, go and watch The Exorcist. <laughs> and when you're done with that, go and watch Exorcist Three, and then just repeat that. Like <laughs> you don't need to watch any more. So no more Exorcist sequels. And while I'm at it, no more Scream sequels. Like. Oh. Um, yeah, obviously Scream 7 is dead, right? Like, we know this now. Um, and if someone's going to pick it up, then hopefully they carry on from 6 and it's still, like, good. But 5 was bad. So I'm worried that it's just going to be bad again. Um, so, yeah, like we could just finish Scream here, I reckon, <laughs> in my opinion. But that's just my humble horror blogger opinion. You can disagree with me. <laughs> There you go, everyone. Feel free to disagree. Um, yeah, although, although I agree with you, the Exorcist films. Uh, I, I felt Believer was terrible. Oh, I listened to that episode that you're talking about with uh, with you and Paul on One Good Thing. Um, I think I even put in a little bit of, um, you know, the comments. You say, a yeah, comment and he reads out a comment, and you go, "That was my comment." That, that, that. <laughs> yeah. Because actually, while I've got you, I need to apologise. It was me that it was me that made you watch Winnie the Pooh. Uh, uh, well, we'll come to that yeah. later. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, while we're at it, just a small note on something that needs a sequel, and that's it follows, and it's getting a sequel. Yeah. So I'm really happy about that. It's going to be called They Follow, though. I think it should have been called The Follow Up, because that would have been hilarious. Um, <laughs> But yeah, look out for they follow because it should be if it's as good as the first one. Yeah, I thought it should have been called "It's Coming Again." <laughs> it's it's still following. Like, calm down. <laughs> or, or look out behind you. Uh, something like that. Yeah, lovely. Well, I think that we've done all the questions that we need to ask for now. Um. Um. 
we've got a few more for the end. Everybody knows what the format of the show is by now. If you if you knew <laughs> if you're new to this, this is the format of the show. I we talk and talk and talk and somebody tries to make it go in the right direction, but who I do not know. <laughs> um but yeah, so we're gonna get into the lovely, delicious filling uh movie filling, which is um Eyes Without a Face, nineteen sixty, which was brought to us by Katie. So um I'll just do some bits and then you can tell us why. Why? Um <laughs> so I'm gonna ruin some of this stuff, unfortunately, because um I don't speak French and I'm a bit of a what is it? Philistine? Um <laughs> Not for the steam. Ah, uh, of course. Uh, <laughs> so the director is Georges Franjou. Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah, go with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pierre Brasseur as Dr. Somebody. Je- Genesia, uh, I think. Oh, yeah. Gen- I was going to say Genesia. Oh, yeah. there you go. Uh, Alida Valley as Louise. Edith Scob as Christian Genesia. Yeah, the do- his daughter. Yeah, the doctor's uh-huh. daughter, yeah. Juliet Maynell as Edna. And there are other people in this, but um we don't we don't need to list everybody. They're not important enough to pass comment. We don't nah. need to list everybody. <laughs> um this uh is based off a novel of the same name. I'm gonna try and make Nate I'm gonna try and actually say the name in friends, which is You Sans Visage. Um uh, yeah. Yeah. Which is a pretty you... literal translation on our parties. No, that's right though. That is actually the the translation. Yeah. Um. You... Obviously, this is in French. The film, so it it get sounds it the, good. The beginning, yeah. I prefer you sans visage to um, <laughs> eyes without a face. Although it does work. Um. So yeah. Why? Why did you bring this one to us? Because it's good, well, probably. <laughs> well, yeah. No, it's a good. It's a great film. We'll come into that, but. Um, so the first time I actually saw this film was Halloween last year. I hadn't seen it before then. And Halloween last year, we wanted to watch some horror movies, or at least one. And we were looking around the different, um, you know, offerings in London. And the BFI had Eyes Without a Face followed by the shiny extended cut. So we landed on that. Eyes Without a Face is only 90 minutes, so that justified us watching the Shining extended car afterwards. And I'd never seen it before, and I was absolutely transfixed by it. I sat there for the whole 90 minutes being like, I don't want this film to end. It's amazing. Wow. Um, and yeah, it was a great, great Halloween offering. So that's kind of why I brought it to you guys. And I'm glad you hadn't done it already, because you'd already done Sensor, which would have been my other um, offering. So yeah, guys, go and listen to that episode as well but yeah 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 um was this a few first viewing for you as well matthew i i watched was last this, year as well th- this was another one of those terminally on my list films so again <laughs> surefire way to get me to watch it is uh is bring it to us on the pod <laughs> right yeah um well so essentially what happens is dr genesia um that's going to keep changing over the podcast. <laughs> the doctor, we could just go with, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, the the doctor. Um, 
he has a daughter who's had uh, severe facial injuries and he sort of spends uh, most, well, pretty much all of this film trying to um, graft someone else's face onto her face so she can have a, a regular face. Um <laughs> And uh, yeah, uh, and so uh, and so that that's that's it really. There's, there's one thing I noticed about this movie watching it um, today is that the, there isn't a whole heap of dialogue. And I actually thought to myself, you could watch this without subtitles and get everything that was going on, mm-hmm. um, which I think is actually really really impressive. Um, and it, I mean, it might be stupid to say this, but apparently the di- this was the director's first actual film. Before that, he was um, into documentaries and stuff like that. So I don't know if that was in part part of his sort of knowing that he needed to show what was going on screen, you know, so it was fascinating to watch. But um, yeah, it's um, it's sort of quiet and it, it tells its story without, you know, you needing to be highly invested in characters, I think. Um, any thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it does that thing that we've said a few times where it keeps it simple, but not uh, not stupid. You know, it's not... Uh, it, it doesn't keep things simple for, you know, lack of being able to tell anything more complex. It, it relies... On the plot being complex, uh, sorry, the the story being simple, so to allow the characters to be complex, mm-hmm. uh, which is, well, what I consider to be good writing, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has a lot of good sound effects as well. Like the the music at the beginning, I don't know if you guys can sample it, but whenever you see the assistant character, she has this really like jazzy kind of comical music every time she's on screen it's quite jaunty isn't it yeah and it's it kind of cuts the tension of the rest of the really like kind of somber movie so it's like oh she's back she's doing something shady because her character basically is the one luring young women to the doctor to cut off their faces um and so it's like oh look there she is trying to find a face again <laughs> and so he well, uses like sound in this really interesting way um, so yeah, you could almost have this film like like a asylum film with like the mu- different types of music, like mm. kind of showing you different aspects of the characters. Well, last yeah. year we we had the music for the podcast redone, and when we were discussing yeah. it, you know, we we said that you know we want something kind of spooky, uh, but quite light and quite fun, and and really we should have just nicked this, shouldn't we? <laughs> I, it, it, this is exactly what I had in mind when when we were we were discussing it, at, uh, you know, to, to get the music redone. Yeah, well, I don't think I had anything in mind. I just wanted it to be slightly less dreary than it was, um, <laughs> which is which is now. It's slightly less dreary, and it's got it's got a little bit of the old theme song in it. And I'm now talking about our theme song. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, you, you're right. The the whole music, I thought uh, the music that follows the daughter is amazing. Um, this it, weirdly sinister and very melancholy at the same time, which I, I, I just, um, I, it's almost like the main theme all the way through, really. Um, 
But uh, yeah, no, you're right. Excellent music. Well, like I say, it manages to tell its story without really shoving it in your face, which is fantastic. Yeah, the one, the one of the things that on the, in that respect, the not shoving it in your face thing, no pun intended, is um, oh. the bit where you don't actually see the daughter's face for quite a long time. The, the first scene with her in, she's having a conversation with the assistant and she's facing the wall. Mm-hmm. So you kind of, the anticipation of seeing her face is so built up that when she turns around, she's got the really sinister white mask on. You're kind of, you have no idea what to expect. Like you don't know whether you're going to see her face. You don't know if you're going to see a mask. You don't know whether you're going to see burns or cuts or whatever. And you see, then you see this mask. You're like, it's more anticipation because you still haven't seen her face. Yeah. So it's a really good build up. And then, oh, I didn't know what to expect. And now I still don't know what to expect. Yeah. So that kind of, it doesn't shove horror in your face. It kind of builds it and builds it and builds it. I remember when just I like first... to Sorry. Sorry, I was going to say just to interject there about that, the mask. Because it's it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's terrifying. Like, it, it, <laughs> well, it... it is just basically a, a plain white mask of the character's face pre-accident, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But exactly. it, it it does so, so, so much with... I mean, it's probably that thing where because it's so blank, we just project everything onto ourselves. But, you know, in the, the first viewing of the mask, I, I got like everything from it for the story for me. Mm. You know, it mm. gave it that... Uh, idea that it's the longing for a human face, uh, you know, and, and a return to the face that that the character once had. At uh, the same time, it's uh, you know, it, it's uncanny as well to show that you know she she doesn't have the face that she once did, and and that there's something worrying and and unpleasant about that. And then also gives it this, you know, with the way that the eyes are sunken in this sort of ghostly appearance and that, you know, the character kind of feels like a ghost a lot of the time. Uh, yeah. You know, a, a maybe a ghost of a, you know, a past self sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like without your visage, <laughs> you are <laughs> but like kind of not quite ever yourself again. Yeah, and, and, like the world sees of you sees your face which gives expression and you know that kind of thing so yeah yeah and and it, it, there's so little to the mask it's just a plain white mask of a human face and it, it's 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 crazy just how much it gets out of that yeah it does it, it, it's actually fantastic isn't it um, like you say Oh, I don't know. I think you did say it's sort of that uncanny valley, really, except it's attached to an actual human. Um, <laughs> and so it, 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 it's just, um, yeah, very, very hard work. I, I, I must admit, I, I first thought when I first saw this, I was going to be, I was sure she wasn't going to have any scarring underneath, that it was some sort of weird, superficial thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think we sort of later on get a sort of blurry reveal that um, yeah, it's, 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 that she's yeah. definitely uh, she's definitely got a bit of the old day lives about her. Um, <laughs> oh, I love that film. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, sort of late 2022, I had some uh, some laser surgery done on my face, and that's pretty much what I look like. <laughs> oh dear. It's okay. I'm very handsome now. We can we can laugh and joke. <laughs> I'm sure you were always very handsome. Was it a handsome laser? Some sort of preload? Handsome laser? <laughs> no, it was a. It was, it was hugely painful. Oh yeah, it was awful. But... Well, I've got about twenty hours of tattoos, so yeah, <laughs> not. I'm a I'm a needle person, so. <laughs> uh, I stabbed myself with a compass in school once. So I was. <laughs> Same thing. Peter. Similar, very similar, very similar to a laser to the face. That, um... <laughs> but I think that's also something that I thought was quite modern about the film. Uh, you know, it felt like it jived more with, you know, with today's sensibilities than uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of films around that time would, mm. because it, it feels like the, you know, the, the motivation for quote-unquote fixing uh this this girl's face it's it's not coming from herself she's a person that's suffering with trauma for this and the the whole idea is that she needs to be you know more attractive and back to her old self it, it all comes from external sources you know and it speaks to the pressure put on people rather than some inherent goodness or beauty that that comes through, uh, you know, it does. It's, it's not entirely, you know, uh, right on, so to speak. Not quote unquote woke, but uh, yeah, I think that you know when the the, the woman screams at her, her appearance, you know, that's probably something that people with with facial issues would take issue with. Uh, but for the most part, it's you know, it's pretty progressive in the way that he tackles these things. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, I must admit, the one thing I noticed um, is that this whole thing, the doctor doing his thing, he's not, he doesn't seem to be doing it with love. Is He's not doing it because he wants her to be okay. It, it, if he, is, he, is he doing it to prove himself right in his career or he's just got an obsession driven, but it doesn't seem to be done with, you know, like, oh, I love my daughter so much that she needs, um, you know, I'd love her to have a normal life again. It's just driven by this, almost don't this, know what yeah, it's this driven by. goal to be, like, the, the best or, or... Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. at the beginning, they kind of fake the death of the daughter. Hmm. So in the eyes of everybody in the public, the daughter is actually dead. So they have like a funeral and stuff and her fiancé is there and he's all sad. Um, and so it's not like the doctor's doing it because he wants the daughter to have a normal life because she can't. She has to be someone else. I think he's just driven by this, he has to make this work, otherwise he has failed because he's a plastic surgeon and all this stuff. So I think it's more just like he's gotten to a point where if he doesn't make it work, then he's the one who has failed. Yeah. yeah, I think he, he says at the beginning that he likes order, doesn't he? And I think that this is something that that challenges his sense of of the world and and who he is and that and like yeah, where where he stands and where he can con you know what he can control. 
It's like a you know power trip sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I th- do you know what? I also think that we should discuss a little bit uh, the effects in this movie because mm. it's sort of, um, I suppose, the main sort of gore or not even gore really, but sort of horror effect is at some point they do actually take um, a girl's face off. Yeah, um, that's great. And it, <laughs> it's, it, it's done really well and um, they don't, they don't take away from it. You're not. You're not going to a different place. We we watch. We watch the whole thing, um, you know. And as a sort of, I think kind of as a horror fan, you sort of almost expect someone to show up at the house, a doorbell to ring, and them not quite manage to get on with the thing. But it just happens. It just happens, and they get on with it. And um, you know, it's kind of gross and uncomfortable to watch. Um, um, although it did make me laugh a bit because the the doctor drawing the pencil, he's not he's not doing a particularly like accurate <laughs> job. He's just ah, that looks like a face. <laughs> yeah, so, same with his scalpel movements as well. Yeah, I'll yeah. oh, we'll just cut around. It looks all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that bit is it's very area. good, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's. That way, where he's like, it's it's quite a long scene as well. They he's like carefully clamping the um kind of they're not scissors, you know, like kind of surgical clamp thingies to the edges of the face to like stretch it out. And you're like, oh, another one, another clamp. Oh, <laughs> there's quite a lot there, isn't there? Stretching the face out. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it's all very uh... yeah. Well, really, really, really great. Um, I mean. I did sort of take, well, I, I'm going going away from that point. I did sort of take into account that this film was 1960, which was also the same year we got Psycho and Peeping Tom. So, you know, yeah. the uh, for me, I love to I love to see a film where I can see its legacy, um, and this is this is a movie where you can see the sort of early start of like the French extremity, not exactly. Not exactly, but um, it's there. But you can also see, um, you can see Saw in it, and um, all kind, all kinds of films like that. Martyrs, for example. Um, you know, they're all sort of cooked up from this particular idea. I'm not not saying that they wouldn't have been made, but I love to see that sort of. This is where this is where we came from. Um, yeah, and 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 this film really does that. There's so much in this that um, you know, but not just those sort of extremity films as well. There's a, there's you know just that sort of lurking tension stuff like that. It's just great their filmmaking really, and um, yeah, it, it definitely there's definitely I think horror that we get now that owes to to this. And as I say, well, obviously 1960 was a good year for you know. Sort of that sort of thing, really. But uh, yeah, um, I think the other did thing. Did you get that? I was, I was just going to say the other thing that's worth noting about the time that it was made uh, is that it's slap bang in the middle uh, between the first kidney transplant and the first heart transplant. Oh, is it? So it's also doing a bit of social commentary as well with it because it's like from 
as long as I've really been aware of these things, there always has been this kind of ethical talk around face transplants uh, because they successfully did them, didn't they? I think probably about 15 years ago or so. Uh, so I can see how the idea has come about from, you know, this time where transplants are becoming a thing and scientists see, doctors seem to be a little bit mad when they're cooking them up. <laughs> the, you know, the, this question, you know, it's kind of a bit of a logical conclusion, isn't it, when you take it to its extreme? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's also a precursor to Argento. So... I think Argento's first film was in, oh, someone, 66 was his first film. Oh, right. So, yeah, six years before Argento. And also, um, Alida Valley was in Suspiria. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's you can kind of see echoes in Argento's work, especially, I think, Suspiria. Yeah. No, it's um, good stuff um, as movies go. No, I think. Uh, I don't know what else you want to say about it. Like, um, oh, actually, no. Other, um, going towards the end, actually. Um, so they kidnap, you know, yet another person, and um, uh, Christiane decides obviously that she doesn't want to be part of this. So you know, she's made the decision that, um, you know, it is what it is, sort of thing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> she's cool with the mask yeah I think um, I, I guess she's just come to terms with that, that that's, what her, that's what her life is now for some reason there's a lot of dogs there oh no I tell a lie there are a lot of dogs there because he's practicing his skin yeah. grass with the dogs um, and she lets all the dogs out and they attack the the doctor it's a vicious scene that yeah, uh, yeah he's very and it, ironically, one well, ironically, his face is very messed up afterwards. Yes, he's got yeah. a lot of scars and you know blood and stuff. So, yeah, I was thinking, I don't, I can't recall a scene except maybe when we did Green Room, where dogs was were used in such a way that there's there's there was a horror to them. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, we know that dogs are you know, distant relations for the walls and well, mine couldn't, he's tiny, but you know, if dog, <laughs> there is that to it. It's really, really vicious scene. Um, you know, they've obviously got that one that's pretty well, well trained at, uh, at attacking. And it, there's something about, there's something about that, um, that, that I found very, very, I mean, I know it is violent, but it felt violent too. It's the daughter as well that lets the dogs out. So she actually unlatches all the cages and lets mm. the dogs out. So it's kind of like she's not only saying that she wants her freedom, but realizing that she'll never get her freedom if, you know, her father is still controlling her face. <laughs> so, yeah, it's quite a, a poignant scene in that way. Yeah. 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 It was nice as well, though, that uh, just, you know, with regards to dogs that they weren't ever portrayed as uh you know as violent animals or anything like that because th there was a scene where she's walking through the kennels and and 
they're all very loving and you know it it's it's more of their kindred spirits aren't they you know with the christian and the dogs you know that they're both you know prisoners yeah inside this uh you know this house held captive by the doctor and you know her her freedom and her uh, and and the retribution from the dogs you know they just dovetailed on uh doves there's doves in this as well there oh there is doves <laughs> yeah god oh, could have gone away yeah, that, she, she walks out then with the kind of of oh, spoilers she walks at the end with the birds kind of on her shoulder and stuff doesn't she so she's kind of like she's finally spreading her wings kind of Yes, uh, it's good. I, 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 I did like. It did amuse me slightly that you can tell. Obviously, the the doves are very domesticated, and so she's laying them out, and they just sort of go back to the cage. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. What do you want? <laughs> I'm good I, here. I get food. <laughs> I live in this place. <laughs> Fly, be free. No, I sit on you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, but that was just a small thing. Um. So yeah, well there you go then. Eyes without a face. I think we've done it. I don't think anyone's got any, or I've like anyone else got anything else they want to. I'm I'm happy to stick a pin in it for now. Yeah, it was you know covered a lot, and it's quite a short film. It's ninety minutes. So. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, there you go then. Um. Let's uh, let's do our review for those of you um new here. Uh, we have a three tier system, which is uh, we have a shit for well it's shit and we have an ooh <laughs> ooh that's spooky for middle of the road and a creative psychopath for um you know the best so it's three tiers uh, i'm going to start with a creative psychopath on this one um i don't think i've said everything i need to say about it anyone else well, I, i'll go next yeah. then we'll we'll go let ahead. uh we'll let the chooser uh, have the final <laughs> word. Uh, yeah, it's a creative psychopath for me as well. Uh, one thing that I, I realised just now that that none of us mentioned is just how good the film looks as well. No, oh, yeah, uh, not you know in terms of you know the way it's shot and and put together, which of course is is excellent. But it's been very very well restored uh, for a film this era too, which is something that I. I think we're quite lucky to have because not uh, not all the films get that kind of look uh to be put back together uh, and and you know made fresh and clean uh the way this has so yeah creative psychopath for me and uh i thoroughly recommend it don't wait until you're doing your own podcast to, before you <laughs> have to get, get someone to make you watch this <laughs> Um, well, yeah, I agree with both of you. I, this is a fantastic film. Um, and in your tier, a creative psychopath. Oh, yes, well played. Though I kind of disagree with the three-tier system. Surely it should be five, because, you know, it's five stars, but sure, you know. Well, originally it was only two tiers, so... Uh, <laughs> what, it, it was shit or creative psychopath? It, it was either shit or creative psychopath. That, that, third, that third tier was added... Was added. Well, it was added a while ago, but uh, 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 for me it was either, either watch it or don't. Um, no. but um, most films for me are watch it and even if it's just because I want to punish you for something <laughs> I, I think that we have given out very very few shits um, 
I, I'd say it's in the single figures, the amount of shits we've given out. Admittedly, we do often pick really good movies. Because um, <laughs> why not? If you've got a podcast, why not? Um, and then there's the social awkwardness that if someone brings a film that, that we do think is shit, that saying it to the face feels mean. Yeah, so we just say it's, uh, just say it's spooky. Oh, yeah, no, it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, you you would you would know this as as well as anyone, but there is always something to like in a film. Oh yes, uh, there is always one thing that you can pick. Mostly, yeah. mostly though, I have seen some absolutely horrific films at the behest of my best friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, I've I've never seen a film and been like there was nothing though i did watch foe the other day and god that's an awful movie it's really bad so if you're catching up on 2023 like you said you were don't bother with foe it's god awful <laughs> oh that's awkward because my other half sent me a text today saying how much she wanted to watch it oh no i'm sorry to them but well she said she she it's based on a book so she wasn't sure whether to or not uh, whether to read the book first, so I'll encourage you to do that to put her off, <laughs> uh, and then I'll, I'll not tell her that Poor Things is based on a book too, so that she won't uh, delay that one. <laughs> Lovely, right? Well, there you go then. Um, oh, so we're into the final slides. We we've got but last questions. We don't have any Facebook comments. Nobody wanted to comment on it because um, I guess nobody had seen it. Um, or if they had, or if they had, they were keeping their cards <laughs> close to their chest. I shall tell you what I think of this film because I want to hear what you think. That's what I'm here for. Um, or I don't know. Anyway, we didn't have any Facebook, so let's finish off these questions. So, if that is one of the better horror movies, what is one of the worst horror movies you've seen? Well, I think you know what you're going to say because you did this to me. <laughs> um, Blood and Honey is the worst horror movie I've ever seen. Yeah. It's, it's really terrible. I mean, go listen to the episode. Basically, the gist of it is they took a beloved IP, which is um, Winnie the Pooh, and just destroyed it, but in the worst way possible. It was not particularly good gore. It wasn't a good storyline. The acting was terrible. The masks weren't scary. Um yeah, and people went to see it because the fact it was Winnie the Pooh, not because it was a good movie. And they are making a second one <laughs> for some god-awful reason. So, yeah, that is officially the worst horror film. Yeah, I, I am sorry I did that to you. I knew it was bad. <laughs> I knew it was bad. We, we we didn't even do an episode on it in the, in the end because we just sort of mentioned it in one of our slices of bread because it was just awful. Um, that is one of the rare films that we both just agreed on that it was shit as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, uh, and then what annoyed me so much about it is just there is nothing about it that is Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, no. The, the, there's no tropes for it. It's just a, a bad Winnie the Pooh outfit. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, it's a, so like if it was just a bear and not Winnie the Pooh, nobody would have seen that movie. It would have canned, and it would have been like just gone off into the distance of terrible horror movies but because they took Winnie the Pooh they took the intellectual property and like made it into this I mean they could have done so much with it they could have had him like addicted to honey and him be like an addict which they touched on like in one scene and didn't follow it through and it's just yeah it was it was not 
not a good movie. I also expressed concerns that because it was, you know, it, it did well off the strength of its IP and just th- this idea that there were going to be a string of horror films of, of other out of uh, copyright properties that people were going to start making. And now we're getting Steamboat Willie. So, you know. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I don't Mouse like being playing. right all the time. Mickey Mouse just went <laughs> into the public domain, so now we're getting uh, now we're getting him. So that's fun. Um, uh, yeah, why not? No, um, <laughs> that that's a bad movie. Um, I, I, going back to your episode that you did on one good thing, I wasn't expecting how mad it made Paul. Oh uh, my god, yeah, he was he he had a tirade <laughs> about about basically how, and he's right. How you shouldn't just make a movie for profit. Like this person clearly made a movie just to make money, and yeah. that takes away the creativity and like the finesse and everything about what the, the film industry is about, which really is about you know being creative and and creating something beautiful for people to watch and enjoy. Yeah, it was made with the fervor of someone that knew they had to be first to do this, rather than. Yeah, make a good thing. Uh, well, um, well, let's let's get rid of the bitter taste of that particular honey and uh, ask you what your <laughs> what your favorite horror movie is. Oh, I hate this question. Horror is so diverse; like it's got sub genres, mm. you know, up the wazoo. Um, if you had, if you like, tied me down and put a gun to my head. Then... I don't mind if you pick a few. If you want a handful, then if it's, uh, if, uh, if I had to pick one, it's The Shining. Um, but also in that list are Audition, um, Halloween, The First Saw, and one that you didn't particularly like. Well, you, you thought it was middle of the road, but Sensor. I've got a huge poster of Sensor on my wall. So like these are just a couple of like the standouts for me. But if I had to pick one, it's The Shining. It has everything that like. A horror movie should have it's scary it's spooky it's gory it's well acted it's got you know it's beautiful and it it's kind of timeless as well yeah yeah i think that was yours wasn't it that was what you chose yeah you and... i i got to see it in the cinema for the first time uh around halloween so probably the the same run that you saw it when they uh they did it and, and i was watching it and you I was just thinking, you can't convince me that this isn't the best film ever, full stop. <laughs> like, it is. It is so good. I, yeah. Uh, I, I, honestly, I don't think we could ever do an episode on The Shining because I will just be sat here just going, yeah, it's, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> just watch well, it. That's why it's brilliant. <laughs> also, the book is very good as well and actually genuinely scary. So if like anyone out there hasn't read the book but has seen the film, give the book a go because it is genuinely terrifying. I I like yeah I I really like uh, that both of them, uh, and I do like how it's you know they do come at the broadly you know basically the same story from from different places. I think it's more interesting than just saying you know, is one better than the other because it's, I think you kind of missed the point when you tried to get into that argument. Yes, they're different in the set. There are loads of films, uh, books and films and they're different, but both have really amazing merits. 
Um, but yeah, um, I mean, the, sh- the, the film is better. So. Well, I, I do that. agree with that too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that yeah. Amazing. The book. Uh, but I, I mean, do like, I do like, I do like the film. Um, yeah, I mean, we are going to have to do The Shining at some point, Matthew, because, um, like when we did Jaws, you, 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 and I didn't really say anything about my favorite film ever. You can, you can have the same feeling. You came away going, mm. "I'm having it now." Can really talk. <laughs> <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's fun, right? So let's get into these final lovely two questions. And if only I knew what they were. Okay, what's a scary <laughs> moment from a non-horror movie that you remember? Okay, question first. Is Pan's Labyrinth a horror movie? Because it's debatable, right? <laughs> okay, we'll leave Pan's Labyrinth out because there's a really scary moment in that with the pale man. But I do think that it borders on horror. So if we're going completely non-horror... Then a scary moment is the interrogation scene from Inglorious Bastards, which is like the opening scene. Right. Yes, what yeah. one of oh, one terrifying. of the best scenes committed the film. And just like I was like on the edge of my seat, like like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? Yeah, terrifying. Yeah, you're right. Oh, that might be the right answer to the question. <laughs> me <laughs> well yeah i think it's uh it's one of those things that we, we've touched on briefly and i think we, we we do need to get into it a bit more maybe maybe we could get a month out of it uh, <laughs> of that that horror of real life sort of thing you know things that aren't horror by design but because you know the reality and and how these things happen that they just they become horror films by default and that's yeah that's that idea crystallized that scene yeah yeah completely yeah well yeah i'm sure there's i'm sure we can get a month out of that um <laughs> why not we've got themes up a plenty this month this year so um you know well one more we have we, <laughs> there's 12 that we could do might as well. Well, the January. What's the January's theme? Oh, not this again. Um, probably. Okay. So, if you could make any non-horror movie a horror movie, what would you choose? Um, because I have a director instead. Like, yeah. I want this director to do a horror movie. Sure. Can I have Wes Anderson do a horror movie, please? <laughs> I just think it would be wild. <laughs> Wes Anderson is the director of my favorite ever movie. And I just think that him doing a horror would be so out of his wheelhouse that it would just be wild. And I'd love to see it. I imagine Wes Anderson trying to direct a horror movie of him being scared by his own film. <laughs> yeah, he's so adorable. I saw him interviewed before Asteroid City um, by Jarvis Cocker. And it was the cutest interview ever because Jarvis Cocker was all over the place. He was like, I've got another question. It's on my phone. I can't find it. Um, And then Wes was just there like with his like really jaunty outfit and long hair. And I was like, oh, this is cute. (laughs) Yeah. One of my... We don't know what we're doing either. (laughs) One of my favourite stories from from this year was Scarlett Johansson saying that 
she basically had to direct her own scene where she was nude in Asteroid City just because Wes Anderson was too nervous around her. Oh, he's so sweet. <laughs> uh, good scene, though. Good, very good scene. That sounds lovely. Um, yeah, Wes Anderson. Um, yeah, I, I want to know what that looks like. <laughs> Great. Well, let's make him make make him do it. Um, As if you're listening, we're yeah, here for you. He's and not. he is. No, he's not. Nobody's listening. Oh, maybe <laughs> they are. I don't know. Um, right. Well, there you go. We've we've done it. We finally made a sandwich. Oh, it's a lovely big sandwich this week. Delicious. Shoving your mouth as much as you can. That's uh, the kind of sandwich to make someone fail a New Year's resolution. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Or oh, diets. Forget them. Uh, <laughs> shove this. Uh, I don't know. Something to do with a sandwich. Um, anyway, Katie, so you've got, um, we touched on it before, um, but where can people find you in terms of reading stuff that you write? <laughs> well, uh, my blog is <laughs> thathorrorchick.com. So if you go there, you'll find my blog. So you also find a link to any podcasts that I've done. Um, and my Twitter and Instagram are horrorchickblog, with the app, obviously, uh, but I'm terrible at social media, so <laughs> um, I'm there. Doesn't mean I'm good at it, but I am there. So you can follow me there, and every now and again I like posts from other <laughs> horror movie fans. Oh, so yeah, enjoy those. <laughs> yeah, enjoy the odd read. It's not even a retweet anymore. Is it a repost or a re... Re-X? I don't know. Re-X. I've re-X'd it. <laughs> I like that. I quite like that. Um, yes, no, but um, for those of you out, out there, I, 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 and you know, I joke, I know there's we've got a few listeners and, uh, you know, it is a genuinely good blog and uh, I enjoy reading it. So, you know, get out there, get it done. Um, follow our social medias, I suppose. We haven't done that bit yet, have we? Good segue. Uh, follow our social <laughs> medias. We've got, an Instagram creative psychopath pod. Um, we've got X, but all I really do is go on there and tell you this week's episode, and nobody re reXs it anyway, so that's largely irrelevant. And Facebook, which we keep claiming we're going to do better things with, but we never do. Um, but we will, we'll, we will. We're going to make this year is going to be the year of doing stuff, um, or not. <laughs> right. Well, so we're definitely going to do the podcast. Yeah, we're definitely going to do the podcast. We're definitely going to be in that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell your friends, give us five star reviews. Tell your enemies, tell them to give us five <laughs> star reviews. Do people have enemies? I don't have enemies. People might have enemies though. Oh, I have a good enemy. Oh. <laughs> My dark side. <laughs> oh, well, with that, with that said, uh, let's get out of here then. So um, yeah, you've got your sandwich now. Piss off. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.